On this week's episode of What the Puck, McPhee and Oates don't make our dreams come true, we go through our picks for who may become the new general manager and head coach of the Washington Capitals, and we try to pick Ovechkin's brain. All this and more on this week's episode of What the Puck. everybody welcome to a brand new edition of what the puck it's a washington capitals podcast thank you for listening to us on itunes stitcher baltimore sports report network and capshill.com joining me as always we got my buddy coach dan what's going on man uh, not too much. A lot of crazy caps news recently. How are you? A lot of crazy stuff going on. If you want to talk caps hockey or anything like that, make sure you tweet to Dan or I. I am on Twitter at Brando Cash. Coach Dan is at WTP Coach Dan. The show is also on Twitter and Facebook. Let's talk about this. We got two guys out of jobs. We got two guys sitting right here talking into microphones. I think one of us should be the GM. One of us should be the coach because George McPhee and Adam Oates are are without uh, without a job now. Well, well, Adam Oates is. George McPhee is still here until uh, the end of June, but. Still Still, uh, not really a shock. Uh, not really a shock that this happened. But what, what is? Uh, what's your view on this? What's? Uh, do you think this is going to help out the team? Uh, well, first, I like to shotgun the GM position. I just want to throw that. I know, I know, I'm Coach Dan, but I, I would much prefer at the moment being a GM. I think that'd be that would be rather fun. Um, I, I, the only real shocking portion of this to me was that it came on a Saturday. You know, I kind of I know that Dmitry Chesnikov reported uh, was it towards the middle of last week was it on Wednesday. Was yeah, it was before we that, recorded um, that something was going to go down, and then you know it was like, oh, this is going to happen tomorrow. We were both like, oh, what the? F- Come on, guys, like help us out. And then nothing happened Thursday, nothing happened Friday, and then Saturday morning was when the tweets went out that they were both out. So I thought it was pretty crazy it happened on Saturday. I'm not very surprised that both are gone. I did think that there was the slight possibility that both could be back. But I think it made complete sense that the, the, at this time the Capitals decided to move on from both of these people. I wonder, you know, how far back it goes that they started sort of thinking that this may be the case. Uh, I know while I was watching the press conference and the and the post game pre- post game post press conference stuff um, on CSN that uh, it was reported that the players were getting tired of Oates back in December. And how he was a nitpick every little detail and that he was so specific in everything that he wanted that the players were just getting tired of it, that they just wanted to play hockey and not have to be so focused on every – I mean they should be incredibly focused when they're playing. But a lot of this is, is muscle memory and knowing what you're doing out there. And if you're, if you're thinking too much, then you're a step behind. And the fact that there was just so much involved with Oates' system that it just wasn't working out. Um, so you know, it kind of makes you wonder how, how much further back – that majority owner Ted Leonsis and team president Dick Patrick were thinking about this. And uh, it was pretty, I don't know, not entertaining, I don't know if that's the right word, but it was interesting to watch their press conference on Saturday afternoon. It was uncomfortable, I mean, man. It really yeah, was. And neither of them seemed very happy about the situation. I mean, it almost looked like I was watching a funeral. I mean, Leonsis, <laughs> the thing is, neither one of these guys said anything negative at all. It wasn't like they came out and they were like, you know what? He just wasn't doing his job very well. Both of them came out and said incredibly nice things. I mean, Leonsis seems like the type of guy you want to be your boss when you're looking for another job because – he would say very nice things about you as a reference. Like that's what it seemed like, you know, he was out there doing. So, um, it was, it was an interesting situation to watch. It was definitely an interesting press conference. And I think they're going to be moving quick to try and find their guy. And I'll bet you they have at least two or three guys that they have at the top of their list. And I'll bet you all of them are, are, are currently, uh, working for teams that are currently in the playoffs. 
And now and they said this in the press conference. Some teams will allow you while their teams are still playing in the playoffs to interview uh, or to talk to their their um, their personnel. And some don't. So their top guy or one of their top people may not be available at the moment. So that's why I mean, this thing may get dragged out. I know uh, one of the teams locked out their general manager and another one actually uh, promoted someone to be their general manager. So there's not as many spots left available. So it might be easier to get that guy you wanted since uh, – unless, of course, one of the guys that you wanted got hired recently um, to be able to bring someone in to replace McPhee. But it's definitely it – was, it, was, it was a very interesting press conference to watch. But I think – it's one of those things where after the season ended as a Caps fan, I didn't want to wear any shirt, you know, team shirts or anything like that because you're just so, I don't know, not embarrassed but disappointed that you didn't really want to support the team. But now it almost feels like it's it's sort of a brand new day and and things are definitely looking up for the Capitals. I know it was reported um, that apparently Ovechkin was not very pleased about the fact that Oates is gone. But I think in the end, this is the best thing for the organization because and the team and for him. Because they're going to bring in – I hope they bring in someone with a lot of experience, someone who's going to come and be able to put the right players there, and someone who can – as a, some, a head coach that can come in and not just get Ovechkin to play better, but get the entire team to play better. You see, of course Ovechkin's going to be upset about this. He had a very good relationship with Adam Oates. That's the one thing that I think is really going to hurt the fact that George McVie and Adam Oates are gone is the fact that uh, Ovechkin, the star guy here, really enjoyed uh, working for Adam Oates because he let him be Ovechkin. That's got to be the key right here is that, yes, you do need a a very strong coach. You need somebody who can work well. And and, uh, even though if they favor one type of hockey over the other, you got to keep the star happy because this is the guy that scores the goals. I mean, you got to make sure that he he's okay and that he's not going to be flustered. Uh, so that's going to be a big thing. But uh, I, I personally, it seems like Ovechkin may be the only guy there that was a big fan of Oates. If uh, if you saw George McPhee's little presser that he had uh, earlier today on Monday the 28th, uh, he brought up working with Bruce Boudreaux and how much he enjoyed doing that. And then he brought up how much he enjoyed working with Dale Hunter he never said anything about Adam Oates. So <laughs> he, he didn't say anything uh, bad or good about him. So you got to think that their relationship wasn't the greatest. And then that also brings up the Martin Erad Dustin Penner trades as well. Uh, because uh, I think Oates brought these guys in, expected them to be top six forwards, and then they're eating minutes on the, uh, on the fourth line because I don't think Adam Oates wanted them there. Of course, he's got to play them. They're star players. They're both great guys. But uh, I think... I think with this recent um, uh, dual dual monster here, you know, this two-headed monster of George McPhee and Adam Oates, I think they both had very different visions for this team. And even um, – I'll say this. I think George McPhee got rattled after that 2010 playoff run against the Montreal Canadiens because uh, I think it was Adam Vingan's uh, article that was on NHL.com today. He was bringing up the fact that George McPhee was always very good at the draft. We talked about that, I think, the last two weeks. George McPhee, he knows how to draft guys. He likes well. How- in the first few rounds, after like the third round, it's sort of like a, well, it's a crapshoot for everybody. But I can't think of the last time that they had a guy coming in those late, in the, you know, one of the late rounds that actually worked out. Yeah, but but I mean, George McPhee, he knew what to do. He liked going internally. He enjoyed getting guys on the draft, getting them to go through the minors, go to Hershey, and then come up. He did that with a lot of players. Uh, after 2010, where they, they kind of realized that they didn't have a very strong defense, that uh, offense wouldn't do everything, he started bringing in veterans. He bringing in veterans and, and trading away guys like Philip Forsberg. And uh, he he started building a team that I don't even think he wanted. He was doing it to, to kind of appease everybody by saying, 
saying you need defense, you need this, you need that, you need veterans to to be in the uh, in the locker room. And he started building a team that he didn't even like, that he didn't want to, didn't have a vision for. So I think he lost sight of what he really wanted to build because he had pressure on him. I think he hired a coach like Dale Hunter uh, because he was more defensive minded. And then Adam Oates came in trying to be a blend of offense and defense, make your star happy, make your defense a little bit stronger, and it didn't work out. So as much as George McPhee, ha- he has done great things. We talked about this last week. He did great things with with this organization, but his his vision for this team, his idea for this team, uh, at the end just didn't work out. And that's why they didn't fire him. George McPhee is not getting fired. His contract is not being renewed. So he's still a part of the Caps organization till the end of June, and if people want to talk to him to be a general manager, they have to go through the Caps office. They can't just, he's not a free agent. He can't just go and yeah. do anything. I gotta think, though, ones. like, if he, if, if he had a contract for another year, how many years, he'd still be gone. I think one way or the other, this was the time to make the change. I mean, you can almost go back and say last season was the or last offseason was time to make the change, or potentially even before that. But I think when he made that Erat for or, or uh, Forsberg for Erat trade, that that was his big mistake. Like at that point, you were like, okay, this guy seems like he's now really reaching and panicking to make something work out. And it wasn't like he traded Forsberg for, um, you know, like Claude Giroux. Or Stamkos or somebody. Like, you're trading him for a guy who, yeah, he's a solid player, but he's not going to come out and push you to that next level. And to trade your arguably your second best prospect for him was just, you know, seemed like a gigantic mistake. And and, and that definitely seemed like a panic move. And I think he was sort of panicking ever since. And uh, it it came up to to bite him. But even, I mean, I was talking with uh, someone on Twitter last night, and we were talking about the – how. You know, Boudreaux and how he's doing uh, out in Anaheim and how he's had, he has a better team in Anaheim than he ever had in D.C., especially defensively. And the fact that McPhee was never since the fire sale and even just before then. I mean, you remember the names Joel Kwiatkowski and Jason Doig? I mean, these guys were just that, – that was some of their better – betters in quotes, by the way. This is uh, not radio podcasting, so you can't see what I'm doing. But, uh, I mean, these guys sucked. And they are the t- some of the top defensemen for the Capitals. You know, when they had guys like Peter Bondra and Yarmir Yager on the team. And so the fact that McPhee was never, since, I don't know, 2003, 2004, able to get a solid six defensive unit was a problem. And I think that is what cost him in the end. And a lot of that cost him in the playoffs is that they did not have a solid, not just a solid defensive game. They didn't have a solid defenseman in general, not enough of them. And I think that, in the end, cost him. Yeah, it definitely did cost him, and obviously they, the front office realized this. They're letting George McPhee and Adam Oates go, and, and now everything's a big question mark of what they're going to do next. And uh, I know we were kind of talking about this a little bit before we went on air, about like who we think the GM might be, who we think the coach might be, and there's one name I do want to bring up uh, that everybody's talking about on Twitter, and uh, it's the great one. Wayne Gretzky, people are actually putting his name in the mix about whether or not he'd either be a coach or a general manager uh, and uh, what what the possibility is of that. Now, let me just say, I've been, I've been thinking about Gretzky in this organization for a while now. If you remember, he attended a Caps game with Ted Leonsis a couple months ago. He filmed a segment with Elliot uh, from Elliot in the Morning for Caps Redline, and I said then, I said, I find it fishy that all of this stuff is going on right now with the team not doing that well, with, with a lot of people unhappy with the coach and the general manager, and Wayne Gretzky's in town with Ted Leonsis, and he's 
he's in the box and he's just there to see a game. I found that very convenient. So whether or not people want to believe it or not, I think Gretzky's name is at least in the mix in some way. Whether or not that actually happens or not, who knows? I'm not I I'm, I don't have any inside information or anything like that. But if people are going to bring his name up, I mean that's at least something we got to talk about here because he, th- there may be some some chance. I mean, the it, everything right now is just such a big question mark. We really don't know who they're looking at or anything like that. Um, no thanks. <laughs> like I, I, it's it, it, it screams of publicity move. I don't know what he's going to be doing. I mean, you can bring him as what the vice president. He's going to be under Dick Patrick. What's he going to do? I mean, it didn't work out when he was a coach. I don't think it necessarily worked out as what he's going to be your next general manager. I don't think that's going to be the case either way. I mean, the, the talk is that he's going to come into some sort of role in the front office. For what? You're going to use him to go out there and just represent the team? I don't see the point. I want I want them to go out and find a guy who's a proven commodity in the NHL and being able to build a winning team. And that doesn't necessarily have to be someone who was a general manager in the past. It can be someone who's worked alongside a general manager who has been uh, winning for a long time. Someone like Boston, Detroit, Chicago. Um, you know, There's a lot of guys out there possible. It, the top general manager that I want, not Wayne Gretzky. Because that thing just screams a publicity move. I mean, it screams to, get to fans back Come on. The great one and the great eight. We had that in the Wizards with Michael Jordan. How'd that work out? <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> it didn't work. Don't do it just to get butts in the seats. And it's not like, oh, I'm coming to see Gretzky. No, you're going to see the Caps play and hopefully play well. And I thought it was interesting. Whoever the general manager is going to be, this point was brought up on um, on CSN as well. That I think it was actually Alan May said it while he was on the phone talking with the guys. He said, or it may have been this morning on Elliot in the Morning now that I think about it. Um, he said whoever the new GM may be, he thinks he's going to go out there and make a big splash in free agency or in a trade or something at the, at, the, uh, at the draft because he wants to come in and make his mark. And I'm really curious as if that's, if that's going to be the case, who it was going to be. You know, I mean, do you go out and you move Mike Green or do you move Brooks Like or do you move, I don't know, somebody. Hopey, if you think Rebauer is your guy, you know, to go out and make that big splash and bring in somebody to play on your second line or first line wing or something crazy like that. But I definitely see whoever the new general manager is going to be going out and making some big moves in the offseason to, to build, retool, to not rebuild, but retool this organization and this team to be able to fix a lot of the problems that are going on. Yeah, let's let's talk about that real quick. What is your view on depending on who they pick up? Uh, George McPhee has not been scared. He was not scared at all drafting a lot of these guys. But a lot of the people in the NHL don't like dealing with Russians. I think that's got to be an issue because DC loves their Russian players. Uh, do you find a general manager or a coach that that favors them in the like that has favored them in the past? Do you look to the KHL to see if there's a coach there you want to bring over? No, no, no. But uh, that that has to be a factor in there because if you're bringing somebody over who who would you know favor Canadians over Russians or doesn't like Russians in the league, that's that's going to be a big deal here. Well, Detroit didn't mind Russians. They got Datsuk, and the Penguins have done pretty well um, with Russians and Malkin. That's true. So I, I think it all depends. It, it, it's not just about Russians. It's about who you build your team around. If you go out and you try and build a team of five, six, seven, eight Russian players, um, if you feel like those are your guys and they're really here to win a cup, then I think that could work. It all depends on the style of hockey you're playing and if that works in the playoffs. And I mean, as we've seen in this playoffs, it's all about physicality and being able to put the puck in the back of the net. You have to play solid defense to win a Stanley Cup. There's no question there. And obviously, you have to put the puck in the back of the net. Nothing I just said is any surprise. And you have to have solid, if not spectacular, goaltending. But you have to be able to do it consistently night in, night out. And that has been a problem with this Capitals team, mm-hmm. I would say, since Boudreaux, what was it, 2010 season, where they lost to Montreal. 
I mean, it seemed like that team played consistently every night in, night out. Sometimes it's just the fact that the defense was just so unacceptable almost. I mean, it wasn't like terrible. It just wasn't very good because everything was all offense all the time that they may be playing their best, but if another team was able to shut them down offensively, then they were in trouble, even though the team would still be playing as best as they could. Uh, We didn't see that with Hunter, and we didn't see that at all with Oates. This team was just so Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, under Adam Oates I think that's one of the biggest reasons that he's gone so whoever the new GM is I think I think what you want to do is you want to you know you want to build your team uh you have your star players already in Ovechkin and Backstrom you're not getting rid of those guys anytime soon so you build around them with guys that are physical players that you know you put got put the puck in the back of the net you got to find someone to play on the first line with Ovechkin you got to pl- find you know a second line center that can play with Kuznetsov you gotta find, you know, you have a pretty decent third line, but you know, can you upgrade there? Who knows? And then you, know, you know, gotta figure out doing with your fourth line. Is Tom Wilson gonna be playing fourth line minutes again, or is he gonna be getting more ice time? And you gotta find a coach that not only are these players are going to respect, but that's gonna bring in a system that can show that it can win in the playoffs. And I think that is going to be the biggest thing for the, whoever the new GM is. His first job is going to be to find a coach, and then his second job right away. I think is almost split between figuring out what to do about the second line center spot and rebuilding the defense because the defense is a cluster F of a mess right now. You have Alsner and Carlson who are great uh, together for the most part. And then you got, you know, what are you going to do with Mike Green and where are you going to play Dimitri Orlov? I think everyone else on that defense, John Erskine can go, um, Tyson Strachan back to the minors. And then, you know, you build from there. Connor Carrick probably needs another season in the minors and get a couple of call-ups. You know, what do you do with Patrick Way? Uh, Nate Schmidt down in Hershey. You got a couple of guys moving around. So he's got whoever comes in to be the GM. This is definitely an attractive position to be in because you've got a ton of talent coming up in the minors, or at least not a ton, but you got some talent coming up in the minors. You got, you know, one of the best players in the world. You've got one of the best centers in the world. You've got one of the best up and coming players in Kuznetsov. And you've got some quality defensive players in Carlson, Alsner, uh, Green, and Orlov. Well, Green kind of. So it's not like a GM's coming in. He's like, Jesus, I got to rebuild this entire freaking nightmare like you have in Calgary. It's an opportunity to come in, retool, and push them to where they want to be moving towards a Stanley Cup final. So whoever it is, whoever it's going to be, it's certainly got a lot of work to do, but it's not going to be as much work as you make it somewhere else. Yeah, this is definitely going to be a very interesting offseason. I'm interested to see what happens. But do you have any any names, anybody on on your mind already of who you think uh, specifically they might at least interview or bring in uh, and, and to fill up some of these roles? Well, there, um, however many guys they talk. I wouldn't be surprised if they go and talk to five to ten guys, something like that. Probably not as high as ten, but they're definitely going to talk to somewhere around five, a little more than that. Uh, but my number one guy I want, his name is Jim Benning. He is my favorite choice for the general manager in Washington. He's been with Boston for the last eight seasons and currently serves at the assistant GM for the Bruins. He apparently is the right-hand man of the Bruins general manager, and you've seen how great that guy has done mm-hmm. uh, up there in Boston. He's been able to build a fantastic team and led by – a non-American, North American player in Zdeno Chara. So I think this guy definitely knows what he's doing. He definitely can come, and he's got a lot of credit um, around the NHL. And he was one of the top choices, actually, for the Buffalo job. And I think he would have gotten the Buffalo Sabres job. I read that the problem with that was he didn't want to keep Ted Nolan, who ended up getting the, jo- the, the interim coaching job, and then they removed the interim tag. Was it towards the end of the season or after the season? Um, he wanted to go out and be able to bring in his own head coach. I have no problem with that. I don't see a problem there. And uh, I definitely think that he is the type of guy that's going to be able to come in and push this team to get to the next level. So he is my 
favorite choice. Now, if you go and you look at the Washington Post, they have Katie Carrera who covers the Capitals. She actually had a good article that came out uh, with a couple other guys that she had listed. I'll go through them real quick. One was Craig Billington, the former Caps backup goalie. He's a current assistant general manager in Colorado. She also listed Jason Botterill. He's assistant GM in Pittsburgh. I almost say no to that one just because he's currently working for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But apparently, he's like 37 years old, but he is one of the guys that everybody in the NHL is watching because they think he's one of the up-and-coming general managers in this league. So, you know, who knows if he's there yet, but I definitely wouldn't be surprised if the Capitals call him in to give uh, give him a definite look. Uh, there's Julian Brisebois. He's the assistant GM in Tampa Bay. They've been doing some good things out there. He's been studying, I would assume, under uh, Stevie Eiserman over there, who was previously studying in Detroit. Uh, and then Paul Fenton, who is the assistant GM, in Nashville. These are definitely some of the guys I would assume that the Capitals will be calling in to look at, provided that their current organizations give them the right to go and look. But my favorite choice right now is Jim Benning. I think this is the kind of guy you want to bring in to this organization. It seems like he definitely has a desire to be a general manager and he has a plan for what he wants. And I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in. He, he, he sort of builds the Capitals the same way that the Boston Bruins were built in fast, physical, um, and, and and talented hockey where you're going to go in, you're going to find your core, you're going to surround your core with a lot of talented physical players, the guys you can replace as time moves on. And I wouldn't be surprised if this guy comes in and makes a big move. To, sorry, maybe you see him move out Marcus Johansson and be able to bring in a big player um, uh, that can help this team. If you go and you look at like Jim Nill, who was hired by Dallas last summer, he went out and made a big move acquiring Tyler Sagan from Boston. That was his like, big thing he did to be able to turn Dallas around. And then they made the playoffs. Now they got knocked out in the first round. Okay. But the point is, I wouldn't be surprised if whoever they bring in, hopefully it's Jim Benning, um, that he would be able to come in and make a big move right away to sort of push this team to that next level. You're talking about building, uh, you know, getting your star players and, and putting, you know, big, fast guys around him and, and talented guys. I, I, I honestly feel like the, the Capitals have that already. I feel like they don't have, like, the right kind of leadership to tell them on, like, where to go. I mean, you got Ovechkin, you got Backstrom, we know what those guys can do. And you've got young guys like Kuznetsov, you got Tom Wilson, who, who need a little bit more leadership, need a little bit more skill uh, at this level. Uh, you've got Joel Ward, you got Jason Chimera, you got Jay Beagle, who we know can play center really well. Um, you got Chimera and, and Ward and Fair, who have been amazing together. I, 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 when when you look at this team, yeah, there are like one or two guys that you probably think, oh, he could move out. We could probably do better than that. But there's nobody on this team that that I think like there's no like one person on this team that I want to blame for for the entire team's downfall or anything like that. I feel like this is a talented team. I think if Dustin Penner were to come back under new leadership, under a new GM, under a new coach, he would really thrive here because I think. Ovechkin and Backstrom and a lot of those guys that are big-time goal scorers, they need a guy like Dustin Penner on their line. No, I mean, I agree with you completely. I think that they – Penner, I think – I was surprised he wasn't put on the first line when they brought him in to play with Ovechkin and Backstrom. He's a big guy. He's no problem going to the net. You know, he's able to go and make things happen. Um, and I th- was incredibly surprised to see him playing fourth-line minutes. So I think depending on who they bring in as a coach – and GM, I think Penner is definitely going to be someone that they're going to want to talk to. I guess it's going to depend on how much money he wants and how much he thinks he's, he should get and how much he may be offered in free agency. Um, but he's not the biggest. I mean, Grabowski is going to be the biggest person they need to look at. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens there because did you see the whole thing with uh, Grabowski wants to play with Nikolai Kuhlman again? Yeah, yeah I did. So see they that. played together in Toronto, and apparently, you know, it was great for them. They both had, what, maybe career highs playing together. Uh, I think it was back in 2010, 2011, something like that. And um, 
you know, it's going to be interesting to see if these guys, these guys are saying that they want to play together. So is it sort of a two-man deal? If you want Kurbowski back, you have to sign Kuhlman. You know, then where do you play him? And now it depends. If you move out someone like um, – I mean, that's the question is where do you play him? I mean, if you – all right, so do you play him on the first line? You're not playing with Kurbowski. If you play him on the second line, who bumps up to the first line? Is Brower that guy? You know, it's sort of – or do you play Kuznetsov on the first line? It's something interesting that they'll have to look at to see what they want to do. But a lot of this is going to depend on who they decide to hire as a head coach. Mm-hmm. And, and the other big thing as well is that Grabowski came into the Capitals, and supposedly the, one of the reasons why he picked the Capitals is because of Adam Oates. He wanted to play underneath Adam Oates. Now with Adam Oates gone, what does that mean for him? Does that mean he, he wants to stick around on a team that, that could possibly be like restructuring or rebuilding next year? Or does he want to spend time on a team that's got a more veteran sense, that's been around and it's got their star players and, and just wants to add to it? Does he want to be a part of that restructuring? Does he want to rebuild? Or does he just want to play? Like that's it's really all up to his mindset right now and and what he's going to do. Um, I don't know what Grabowski's going to do. I would love to see him stay here, but uh, uh, it, it really all depends. I don't know if if bringing in you know this this guy that he wants to play with from Toronto if that's going to be the best thing as a whole for the team. It might be better for his game, but maybe not for the entire Capitals team. Well, it depends. I mean, this it's sort of hard to look at because you got to go and look at their roster as a whole right now and see. Uh, where they're at i mean you have okay backstrom eventually you got to think are definitely solidified as a first line and then okay so let's say hypothetically you bring grabowski back and you bring in kuhlman so you have to put you know let's say you put kuhlman in the second line so then you have two spots left over first line winger second line winger for kuznetsov brower johansson and if you bring back penner so that's four guys for two spots so what are you going to do there now you know maybe you go out and you trade johansson for a defenseman Okay, then you got three guys for two spots in Penner, uh, Kuznetsov, and Brower. So then, you know, you, so it's situation you got to find. Do you, do you move out Troy Brower to bring in another player, a defenseman maybe, or something like that? Do you package Johansson and Brower together to get a top quality defenseman? You probably got to throw a traffic in there as well. Uh, but it's definitely going to be an interesting situation to see what happens this offseason because this team has got a lot of, ta- you know, talented enough players. They had a coach that had a system that just wasn't working in general, not just for these guys. I don't know if it'll work with anybody. Um, but that you have to go out and find a guy that can find a way to fit these rosters. It's definitely an interesting situation they're going to be in. And the new general manager definitely has some fun, I don't know, I don't know if I call it fun necessarily, but he's definitely got some chips to work with. He's got some pieces that he can move out, some some attractive trade pieces that he can move out to be able to go out and acquire talent to fix the second line uh, in terms of the center spot and to fix the defense in terms of almost everybody. Yeah, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens this offseason. Uh, whoever gets this job, uh, the GM job, the coach job, I think they're going to have some fun this summer leading up to this season, but uh, hopefully everybody can deliver and do what they got to do. So uh, anything else we should talk about about the uh, the GM coach firing? Uh, well, that's his GM. we got a couple of coaches to look at, though. I mean, That's going to be the most interesting thing, I think, in, in terms of who they bring in as a head coach. I think, what was it, since Ron Wilson, they have not had a, an experienced head coach, which is just freaking – I think we talked about this last week, right? I mean it's just ridiculous that they had Wilson and then they had Bruce Cassidy, which was a freaking nightmare. And then Glenn Hanlon, which made sense, and then Boudreaux, who was great um, for the most part, and then Dale Hunter, and then Adam Oates, all first-year head coaches. we got to stop with that. Whoever the new GM is has got to bring in – a coach who has been there before, someone who knows what they're doing and is not going to come in and have to try to win these players over. This guy, whoever it is, should be coming in saying, hey, here's my resume. Suck it. I know what I'm doing. Follow my lead. And I got two guys 
that I, I can't really decide between the two. It depends on what this team and what the GM is going to want more of. Is he going to want more of an offensive or defensive team? But my two votes, and they're not necessarily popular. Well, one of them is not necessarily a popular guy around here. Um, is Peter Laviolette. Now, I know some people may go, eh, I don't know about that one. Um, especially since he was fired three games into this season as the Philadelphia Flyers head coach. Um, but he coaches an aggressive style. He won a cup with Carolina in 2006 as a head coach. He was an assistant coach with Team USA this past winter, which is either good or bad. I'm not sure which at the moment. I'm pretty sure he's the head coach of the U.S. team over at Worlds. So he's definitely a guy who's been busy. He loves being around the game. If you can bring an aggressive style, I'm all for it. If you can bring a style in here that's an up-tempo offense while he can you know, work with the GM to build a quality defensive unit – I'm all for it. I'm definitely down for that. That's somewhat a situation I would like to have. I think Ovechkin would like that, and you got to make sure you're keeping him happy um, for the most part. Uh, I think Baxter would like it. I think if you could bring in the right players like Penner and Grabowski potentially, these guys will like playing more of an aggressive style. I think this is definitely something that will work for the team. Provided, again, that the coach can get these guys to work as a team and to work consistently every night for 60 minutes. That's going to be the biggest thing for this next head coach. And if it's not Laviolette, then I'd like to see Barry Trotz. And I know a lot of people out there are a little nervous about that because he plays, he coaches more of a defensive style. You can almost compare him to, to what Hunter did, except he's better at dealing with players and hopefully he can bring in a better offense. Because with Dale Hunter, there was no offense. It was score a goal and then block every shot the other team takes. <laughs> um, but, I mean, Trotz spent 15 years as the head coach in Nashville before he was let go. He's the only coach the Nashville Predators have ever had. And when you have a team that has like zero dollars and they're consistently – well, not at first, but they got consistently good over a, a number of years, that's impressive. So Barry Trotz, even though he kind of looks like Uncle Fester from uh, from the Adams family with the fact that he's got like no neck, I think Trotz would be a great guy to bring in. Uh, be, even though it would be more of a defensive style, it wouldn't necessarily fit or gel with Ovechkin and Backstrom. If he can come in and be able to mesh – that defense, defensive style, as well as being able to create a, an offensive system in there, I think that definitely is a guy you want to go and look at. Now, Adam Vingan of NBC Washington also had a couple other guys listed. I'll just mention two of them. Um, one is John Stevens. He's a former head coach of the Flyers. He actually may have been there and then was replaced by Laviolette, if I remember correctly. Um, he spent the past four seasons as an assistant with LA. Now, he works with the Kings defensive unit and penalty kill. He's a guy that sounds like he'd be great as a def- you, know, you want to bring him in as your assistant coach to work with that defensive unit and penalty kill. But I don't know if he'd be great as a head coach. The other guy is Guy Boucher. He's the former Tampa Bay head coach. He's currently coaching SC Bern of the Swiss National League. Uh, he took Tampa to win the game of the Stanley Cup Finals, but I don't know if he's the kind of guy you want to come in. I believe he likes to coach. Um, he had that was it like the one three one that Tampa was doing for a while. That was sort of everyone in the NHL was like, "What the hell is this?" But it worked for a little while. Um, that certainly seems interesting, but I don't know if that's necessarily going to fit the players that the Capitals have. So uh, those are a couple other guys mentioned out there, but I just, the biggest thing I think is going out in there and finding a guy who has NHL experience. Don't go out and try and find the next best thing from the AHL or the next best assistant coach. Find someone who's been there before. Uh, very well said coach. I really like what you said. Also, I just want to add, uh, I tried the, here's my resume. Suck it line once did not go over well when I had a, a job. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, he should do that. On an interview, he should go do that. The first meeting with the players, he walks in. If it's going to be like, like say it's Laviolette, right? He walks in, he puts his Stanley Cup ring on the table. He says, suck it. You're following my lead. Like if you're a player, you're almost like. <laughs> Slow like, clapping it. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's hard not to. If the guy, I mean, look at all the coaches at Ovechkin's head. He's never had someone that can say, hey, I've been there before. 
I, I, I got to say, I really agree with you on this one. I, I would be very happy to see uh, to see him as our as our new head coach. I think he's very aggressive, uh, like you said. I, I liked what he did with the Flyers for a little bit, and uh, he, I, I think that would be a good choice, whether or not uh, the, the new GM would think that. But I, I, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I just I want I want a veteran head coach. I want someone that can come and has been there before and can tell the guys this is how it's done. You're gonna follow my lead. I'm gonna take you to the next level. I don't someone that comes in. Okay, I think this is gonna work and let's try it. I'm not saying that's what Oates did. Like Oates, I'm sure all these guys have come in with confidence, but I, Hunter came in with almost like the I don't care if this works or not. This is what I'm doing, <laughs> um, and it kind of worked, sort of, but not really. Um, but you know, I want a guy that's gonna come in and be like, look. This is what we got. This is going to work. Let's do it. And he's got to work well with the GM. And it's got to be a, t- a tandem, a one-two sort of system here. Not, here's a good idea. And the other guy goes, well, I don't like it. What are you doing? Like, you have to work together. Yeah, absolutely. That That's the big thing here. So uh, anything else we should talk about uh, in in, uh, in Caps World? Um, no. No, I think just it's going to be quiet, I think, for a little while. I wouldn't be surprised if the – of course, now that I say that, they'll be like tomorrow. Breaking news, the Capitals have hired – as their next general manager. No, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a couple of weeks before we hear anything about who the next GM will be. And I know Leonsis even came out during the press conferences and was saying that, you know, he's not one to go out and just reveal to the press and come out and go, hey, this is who we talked to today. So I wouldn't, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of rumors and speculation and, you know, a couple of caps. Uh, beat reporters may be like, hey, I saw so-and-so at Kettler today. But other than that, I wouldn't expect a ton of news to be coming out anytime soon. Yeah, the the only thing I can really think about to talk about for the Capitals is uh, some of them are prepping for Worlds. Some of them played uh, um, uh, exhibition games. I know Grubauer played for Germany. Uh, Kuznetsov played for Russia. Ovi and Orlov sat out of that exhibition game. Uh, it was funny. Chimera and uh, and uh, Troy Brower were were a Kettler as this press conference with uh, George McPhee was going on uh, today because they're they're getting ready to play in Worlds for Canada. Uh, Holtby and Alexi were were also there uh, helping those guys get ready for that. Um, uh, uh, um, Grabowski is playing for the the host country, uh, which I think is is really cool as well. So uh, the Capitals are at least you know they at least want to play some hockey. They're at least hungry for that. So uh, we'll see what happens. I think World starts. We we talked about this. I think May 9th is when Worlds starts. So that'll be uh, that'll be fun to to watch some international stuff as we as we grow more and more hungry. For, yeah. for hockey. <laughs> I wear my Team USA jersey. There you go. I, I can't wear my Carly shirt because he's not playing in Worlds. But anyway, what are you going to do? Uh, yeah, so um, that's it for uh, for Caps World. We're going to go up 83, talk Hershey Bears and Reading Royals. But before we do that, here is a quick word from the Baltimore Sports Report Network. What the fuck? What the fuck? He's a member of the Baltimore Sports Report Network. Find more podcasts like this at BaltimoreSportsReport.com. All right, here we go. We're going to talk Hershey Bears. We're going to talk some Reading Royals. I know there's not a lot going on in Hershey, but uh, Coach Dan, is there anything of note we should say except chocolate is delicious? Um, hit up Chocolate World. It, it, up in Hershey, you get to go and you get to do a little little tour ride thing on a little car, and then you get a piece of candy. At the end, so that's a lot of fun. But yeah, other than that, nothing really going on in Hershey. Um, as for Reading, unfortunately, they could not repeat the magic of last season as the Eastern Conference's number one ranked team. They were knocked out of the ECHL playoffs by the Fort Wayne Comets. Again, that's Comets with a K. 
Uh, I suppose that is the end of Up 83 with the AHL and the ECHL for quite a while. Uh, what about Erie? Have they done any better in the OHL playoffs? Yeah, Erie Otters, they are also out of the OHL playoffs. Very sad to say. Uh, they, they came in with, with a lot of thunder, but then they were they were quickly taken out in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, not a great showing, but uh, the only good thing that really came out of this is that Andre Borkowski kind of was one of the leaders of the OHL, getting, I believe, 10 goals uh, in, in the span of the playoffs so far. So uh, I'm I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to developmental camp on uh, in July. And honestly, I think this guy's got a shot to uh, to make the main roster at least for a couple games. Because uh, from what I understand, I think it was RussianMachineNeverBreaks.com put out an article about him and Madison Bowie and a couple other people that are prospects. But Burkowski doesn't have to stay in Erie. Uh, next year, he has a chance to either play with the Capitals or play in Hershey. So we're at least going to be seeing, I think, more of him because uh, he's he's done great things in Erie this year. The Capitals have definitely kept an eye on him, and uh, he looked great in the uh, in the playoffs for the OHL. So I think his OHL days are over. Where he ends up, AHL, NHL next year, we'll see. But uh, I'm excited to see what he brings in July. I know I'll be at uh, developmental camp, uh, and I'll probably see you there. It's the one time we actually see each other in person. So. <laughs> That'll be fun, but uh, that's pretty much it for Up 83. Kind of a sad segment here, because it's all about losing championships, and and there's there's nothing. Nothing in the Caps organization this year. No no titles, no no cups, nothing. So, that kind of sucks. But well, hey, it's one of those seasons. Yeah, what can you say? But uh, now, let's, let's go around and talk about some teams that are, are fighting for the Stanley Cup. Now, let's go around the NHL. All right, the Stanley Cup playoffs, they are in full effect. First round for a lot of teams is already over. Some are still fighting right now. All right, now, Coach Dan, what is going on around the NHL? Let's get a little Stanley Cup playoff recap. Boston defeated Detroit in five games. They'll play Montreal in the next round. So we have Boston against Montreal. Oh. I'm sure that will be – everybody's going to be nice to behave themselves, right? Oh. Unlikely. So that'll be certainly one that will be fun to watch. Now, Pittsburgh defeated Columbus 4-2 in their series. And quite an exciting game, apparently. Uh, tonight, Pittsburgh, unfortunately, came out the winner 4-3. to But they were, I believe they were up 4 nothing going into the third period. Columbus made a game of it, scoring three goals in the third row. Unfortunately, unable to come out with a win there. So they are officially out. Pittsburgh will take on the winner of the Rangers-Philadelphia series, of which the Rangers are up 3-2. to Now, over in the West... Colorado is up 3-2 over Minnesota with game sex being tonight. Actually, as we speak, Minnesota is up 2-1 over Colorado. So hopefully uh, if that continues, then they will go on to game seven. Uh, The winner plays Chicago next, who defeated St. Louis in six games. Anaheim defeated Dallas in six games after that crazy comeback last night and will take on the winner of the San Jose-LA series, who also played tonight. Uh, in other NHL news, former Hurricane Ron Francis will replace Jim Rutherford as Carolina's executive vice president and general manager. Rutherford will remain as team president in an advisory role. Calgary announced that they have hired Brian Treliving, I don't know how to say his name, as their new general manager. Treliving formerly was the assistant GM in Phoenix. You can, I really thought McPhee was going to be the GM in Calgary. Um, I guess I was wrong there. That one didn't work out. So I wonder, maybe McPhee will end up in Vancouver. Or wasn't he the assistant GM before he became the, the GM of the Caps? It all comes full circle, if that's mm. possible. Uh, Patrice Bergeron of Boston, Anze Kopitar of L.A., and Jonathan Taves of Chicago are the finalists for the Frank J. Selke Trophy, the award given to the, and I quote, forward who best excels in the defensive aspects of the game, end quote. 
Uh, also, Tampa Bay's Ben Bishop, Boston's Tuka Rask, and Colorado's Semyon Varlamov. Yes, that's Semyon Varlamov. Are the finalists for the Vesna Trophy awarded, and again, I quote, to the goalkeeper adjudged to be the best at his position, end quote. So Varlamov had a very nice season, as long as he wasn't beating up any women. <laughs> uh, and finally, some retribution for this D-bag. Minnesota's Matt Cook was suspended for seven games for kneeing Tyson Berry during Game 3 of their series against Colorado. So it's okay that he ended someone's career. He doesn't get any suspensions for that, but he gets to spend seven games for needing Tyson Berry. So at least finally something happens to Matt Cook. Uh, that's the news for the past five days in the NHL. Do you think that's enough for Matt Cook, given the fact that he's been a repeat offender? A constant D-bag? Yeah. Is, is seven games enough for this guy? Uh... I don't know. It's almost like you know the whole thing with Ovechkin when he got suspended last time was that uh, he's a he's a oh, what's the phrasing? Um, it wasn't like the, it wasn't the first time that he'd been in trouble before. Basically, right. kind of a thing. It's almost a point where like if this guy's going to keep injuring people, you know, do you just basically say you're done? You know, I don't know if the league ever come to that, but seven games. I wonder if that was enough. I mean, how many did Rafi Torres get last year for? Not that that Cooks was as bad as Torres' ridiculous play. You know, like 15 games or something? I think so. Last year. So it was, you know, it's kind of the thing that Cook, I mean, at some point this guy sat him down and be like, you got to cut it out, man. Although I think they already did that, and clearly that didn't work. Yeah, he got like, what, like 25, 30 games a, a couple years ago? I mean, it was something ridiculous. He's just, the guy's just, he's definitely a physical player. There's no question there, and he's an agitator. But at some point, well, at some point he's going to end someone's career. Oh, wait, he already did that to Mark Savard. So it's, I just you gotta hope that he can just something can change because the guy just he's not only he's out there to hurt to hurt people or end their careers but he's doing it and eventually he's gonna do it to someone that the league actually cares about. That's that's true. So we'll see what happens with Matt Cook. But hey, if you want to talk uh, Caps hockey, if you got a guess on who you think the new GM might be, who the new coach might be, let us know. Tweet to us. Tweet to me at Brando Cash and uh, Coach Dan. Where can people tweet to you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WTP Coach Dan. You can also find me at CapitalsOutsider.com. This is a Caps fan run website devoted to the Washington Capitals. That's CapitalsOutsider.com. Brandon, what about the Brando Cash Network? That's right. Go to BrandoCash.com. That is our central hub for all things Brando Cash Productions podcast. You'll get information about this show and all the other shows on the Brando Cash Network. Make sure you also like the show on Facebook, Facebook.com slash WTP podcast, and follow the show on Twitter at WTP underscore podcast. Now, there are many ways to listen to the show. Uh, you can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, the Baltimore Sports Report Network, Capsule.com, and whatthepuckcaps.brandocash.com doesn't matter if you're an Apple user, if you're an Android user, if you're on a PC, a Mac, a desktop, a laptop, a tablet. There are so many different ways to listen to the show and we give you these shows completely for free. We don't get paid. You don't have to pay to download this. That's the great thing about podcast, man. Not a lot of stuff in this world is free anymore, but we give it to you completely for free. So you gotta help us out uh, so we can keep doing this show. Let people know about what the puck be social with the show let people know on facebook and twitter and tumblr and pinterest and instagram and vine and reddit anywhere you are social on the net let people know that you're a caps fan that you listen to what the puck and they should too make sure you leave us an itunes review let the baltimore sports report network and capsule.com know that you are an avid listener to what the puck and that they should keep us on their network as well you know what this is probably going to be the last show for a little bit unless some news were to break in the next yeah, you week said or so. that last 
last week. That's, saw what happened. Yeah, so maybe I'm jinxing <laughs> myself, but I do want to put this out there. Uh, big thank you to the Baltimore Sports Report Network for including us uh, in uh, in their network of podcasts. They have a lot of Oriole podcasts. We are the only Washington Capitals podcast. I take a lot of pride in that since I am a Baltimore Baltimore boy myself. So uh, I'm very uh, honored to be a part of the Baltimore Sports Report Network. And a big thank you to CapsHill.com as well. Uh, CapsHill.com is a great place to find funny Photoshop photos, great articles about the Capitals. Uh, they are very Capital-centric uh, web site so if you're a caps fan definitely check out capshill.com again an, another honor to to be considered with with you know um it's crazy we, do you remember this when we interviewed uh, uh brendan from capshill.com we talked about on this show and my internet crapped out <laughs> that's that, yeah that happened as well but we talked to him <laughs> about the uh the photoshop of three's a crowd or three's company so yes, three's yes, company yes. with the three goalies and then the next day that was on the nhl network i mean it's something everywhere yeah I I mean, it was everybody was using it. It was it was such an amazing thing because uh, even though he told us that he was thinking about doing that before the show, we talked about it on air. It became a thing, and he put it out there on the web, and everybody just picked it up. So, I mean, in in a weird like six degrees of Kevin Bacon way, we had a little bit of help putting that out there, and he kind of yeah he helped us out as well by promoting our stuff on his own website. So, thank you, uh, Brendan, and everybody at Capsule dot com for including us on that. Um, this has been an amazing season. And uh, I don't want to sound like we're ending this. We're not ending this at all. If news were to break in the next couple days, we'd come and still do a show next week. We're not going anywhere. Uh, But given the fact that this is probably going to be our last weekly show at least, uh, I do want to send those thank yous out to uh, to everybody and everybody that uh, has helped us grow because we definitely have grown in big numbers this past year. So everybody out there, just thank you. Yeah. No, yeah, it's been awesome to be able to see the show grow as it has, and uh, we will we'll be back if things go you know break as they probably will now that we've jinxed ourselves. Um, <laughs> provided that we are not swept away in the flood we're apparently going to have over the next few days, uh, yeah, we'll definitely be back. We'll both be on Twitter talking about the Caps and 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 I we tweet about all sorts of other stuff, me other sports. Um, so yeah, I mean if you know anybody wants to chat us up about various things about how Donald Sterling is just a gigantic douchebag um, as well, <laughs> and uh, all other sorts of European football or uh, you know the Ravens schedule came out, the Redskins schedule came out. We got through all sorts of stuff to talk about. Football never is, is never uh, out of season. Apparently, the NFL has been genius in a way to sort of dominate the sports landscape uh, throughout the entire year. So there's definitely stuff to talk about out there, not just Washington Capitals hockey. But if anything goes down with the Caps, we will definitely be back on the air or whatever internet air, I guess is the way to put it. Yeah. Uh, we'll definitely be out there somewhere talking about uh, talking some Caps hockey, and it just it'd be awesome if they had our GM soon because not only would we get to do this again, but also. Um, It'd be nice to sort of see what the direction of this uh, franchise is going to be. And to see if the new guy is going to be quite as cryptic as McPhee was all the time. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I and will miss that. Yeah. i got to be honest. I am going to miss a lot of the things that McPhee brought to this team, some of it for an entertainment aspect. Um, and I did think he did a lot of good things. But I'm going to miss his sort of like creepy nature when he had a press conference. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, that was his best present. I was like, yeah. Like, if he was a professional wrestler, he would be the Undertaker. <laughs> See, that you're bringing up wrestling. That's what I tweet about. You talk about European football. I talk about wrestling, sushi, and The Walking Dead on my Twitter account. So that's, like, the, the main things I focus on. <laughs> that works. That works. Yeah. So, hey, that's pretty much it for this, uh, this episode of What the Puck. We will be back at some point this summer whenever news decides to break. So uh, don't go anywhere. Don't unsubscribe from us. Uh, stay tuned to our our Facebook and our Twitter account will we'll still be around. 
But until then, you're still rocking the red. We're still Caps fans. Everybody out there, say it with me. Let's go Caps! This has been a production of the Brando Cash Network. Music mixed and produced by DJ Wolfman. Coach Dan, what's going on around the AHL? Not the AHL. That's completely that's wrong. Because right. uh, why would well, we care? Well, other teams are doing well. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> other minor league teams. All right. <clears throat> now, Coach. Bleh. Now, Coach Dan. Let's let's no no no. I said that wrong. Again.